With Mac as mayor, we'll all have a better life. A loud blast of country music followed. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. She looked at him. Mac Stroop, please no. He wrinkled his brow and frowned. This is May. Elections aren't until November. Starting a mite early, she said. I'll say, he agreed, feeling distinctly uneasy. Chief Rodney Underwood hitched up his gun belt. He's done broke the noise ordinance. Starting off his public career as a pure criminal, said Mule Skinner, which is the dadgum law of the land for politicians. Mitford Muse editor J.C. Hogan mopped his brow with a handkerchief. Well, no harm done. I slapped a warning on him. Used two politicians was hauling a P.A. up and down the street every which way. What about that truck with the sign? asked Father Tim. Well, he can haul the sign around all he wants to, but the truck has to keep moving. If he parks it on town property, though, I got him, said Rodney. But I hate to see a feller make a fool of himself. Ain't nobody can whip Esther Cunningham. Of course, she's told it around that one of these days her and Ray are taken off in the RV and leave the mayor into somebody else. Mule shook his head. Fifteen years is a long time to be hog-tied to a thankless job, all right. Is that Mac's new truck? asked Father Tim. As far as he knew, Mac never had two cents to rub together, as his hot dog stand across from the Exxon station didn't seem to rake in much business. Well, I don't know whose truck it is. Sure couldn't be Mac's. Well, look, boys, I ain't got all day to loaf like you. Rodney headed for the register to pick up his breakfast order. See you in the funny papers. J.C. scowled. I don't know that I'd say nobody can whip Esther. Max for improvement, and we're due for a little improvement around here if you ask me. Nobody asked you, said Mule. He dialed the number from his church office. Mayor, so it's the preacher, is it? I've been looking for you. If that low-down scum thinks he can run me out of office, he's got another thing coming. Does this mean you're not going to quit and take off with Ray in the RV? Shoot, that's what I say just to hear my head roar. Now listen, you don't think the bum has a chance, do you? To tell the truth, Esther, I believe he does have a chance. Esther's voice lowered. You do? About the same chance as a snowball in July. If he and Cynthia had written a detailed petition on a piece of paper and sent it heavenward, the weather couldn't have been more glorious on the day of the talked-about tea. Much to everyone's relief, the primroses actually bloomed. "'Are you off?' asked Cynthia as the rector came at a trot through the hectic kitchen. "'Off and running.' I finished polishing the mail slot, uh, tidying the slipcover on the sofa, uh, and trimming the lavender by the front walk. Well done, she said, cheerily, giving him a hug. I'll be home at one-thirty to help the husbands park cars. Help the husbands park cars? He thought as he sprinted toward the office. He was a husband. After all these months, the thought still took his breath away. 
Nine elderly guests arrived in the van from the new nursing home, Hope House, and were personally escorted up the steps of the rectory and into the hands of the altar guild. Up and down Wisteria Lane, men with armbands stitched with primroses and a Jerusalem cross directed traffic, which quickly grew snarled. At one point, the rector leaped into a stalled Chevrolet and managed to roll it to the curb. Women came in carpools, husbands dropped off spouses, daughters delivered mothers, and all in all, the narrow street was as congested as Carnival in Rio. This is the biggest thing to hit Mitford since the blizzard two years ago, said Mule Skinner, who was a Baptist, but offered to help out the Episcopalians anyway. Lord, look here. It was Max Stroop in that blasted pickup truck, carting his sign around in their tea traffic. Mac rolled by, chewing on a toothpick and looking straight ahead. You coming to the Primrose Tea? snapped Mule. If not, get this vehicle out of here. We're trying to conduct a church function. A few minutes later, the rector saw Mac Stroop turn onto Wisteria Lane from Church Hill. Clearly, he was circling the block. I'd like to whop him upside the head with a two-before, said Mule. The rector wiped his perspiring forehead. Watch your blood pressure, Buddy Rowe. He says he's going to campaign straight through spring and summer, right up to election in November. Kind of like being tortured by a darn dripping faucet. As the truck passed, the rector's secretary, Emma Newland, stomped over. I ought to climb in that truck and slap his jaws. What's he doing anyway, trying to sway church people to his way of thinking? Let him be he cautioned his secretary. After all, give Max Stroop enough rope and... Cynthia was lying in bed, moaning as he came out of the shower. Warm as a steamed clam, he put on his pajamas and sat on the side of the bed. I'm proud of you, he said, rubbing her back. That was a tea and a half. I got the reviews as your guests left. Only tell me the good ones. Oh, perfect was a word they bandied around quite a bit. And the Lemon Squares, of course, got their usual share of raves. Some wanted me to know how charming they think you are, and others made lavish remarks about your youth and beauty. He leaned down and kissed her shoulder, inhaling the faintest scent of wisteria. You are beautiful, Kavanaugh. She rolled over and looked at him, smiling. Then she held her head to one side in that way he couldn't resist and pulled him to her and kissed him tenderly. The phone gave a sharp blast. Hello? Hey. Dooley. Hey yourself, buddy. Is Cynthia sending me a box of stuff she made for that tea? I can't talk long. Uh, two boxes went off today. How's school? Great. Great? Dooley Barlow was not one to use superlatives. No kidding. You're going to like my grades. Was this the little guy he had struggled to raise for nearly three years? The self-assured sound of the boy's voice made Father Tim's hair fairly stand on end. We're sure going to like you coming home. In just six or seven weeks, you'll be here. Silence. Was Dooley dreading to tell him he wanted to spend the summer at Metagate Farm? 
The boy's decision to do that last year had nearly broken his heart, not to mention Cynthia's. They had, of course, gotten over it as they watched the boy doing what he loved best, learning more about veterinary medicine at the country practice of Hal Owen. Of course, said the rector, pushing on, we want you to go out to Medigate if that's what you'd like to do. He swallowed. This year he was stronger. He could let go. Okay, said Dooley. That's what I want to do. Fine, uh, no problem. I'll call you tomorrow for our usual phone visit. We love you. I love you back. The next morning he was sitting on the study sofa when the phone rang. Timothy, Hal, I've just been thinking of you and Marge, and we of you. I've got some hard news and wanted you to know I've just hired a full-time assistant. That's the bad news? It sounds good to me. You work like a Trojan. Yes, but you see we won't be able to have Dooley this summer. My assistant is a young fellow. He's just starting out, and we're putting him up in Dooley's room until he gets established. There's a large riding stable coming in about a mile down the road, and they've asked me to vet the horses. That could be a full-time job right there. Oh, I understand, Hal. Your practice is really growing. We'll miss the boy, Tim. You know how we feel about him, how Rebecca Jane loves him. Uh, but look, we'll have him out to stay the first couple of weeks, okay? Absolutely. Oh, and Tim, will you tell him? Well, I will. I'll talk to him right away. Get him thinking of what to do this summer. Be good for him. He was missing her. How many times had he gone to the phone to call, only to realize she wasn't there to answer? When Sadie Baxter...